Hello and welcome to The Vegan Doctor Show with me, Dr. Minil Patel, also known as Dr. Iron Junkie. On this podcast, I'll be discussing all things vegan, be it concerning animal rights, climate change, lifestyle, nutrition, and of course, health and fitness. This is a podcast for everyone, not just vegans, and I hope you'll find something valuable in it. So let's get started. So hey guys, I guess, I guess every story or every, uh, every, <laughs> everyone needs a backstory, right? More like an origin story. <laughs> so, um, you know, I guess, I guess I wanted to tell mine. Where to begin though? I could begin right at the beginning where usually stories begin <laughs> or I could just kind of let's meet you where you've met me so I think everybody that pretty much knows me now knows that I'm vegan and I've been vegan since 2017 it's actually July 7th 2017 that I went vegan um I won't go into the definition of veganism here just now but think most of you know what it means but we'll, we'll circle back to that people that knew me before I made that decision to go vegan um, were very very shocked by that decision you know they couldn't believe it they could not believe it I was looking through a few messages the other day from 2017 where I was almost having a coming out experience <laughs> uh, to friends saying um, you know they had really like uh, you know so you know how I like animals uh, so I'm gonna, you know, not eat them anymore. Yeah, and it was just such a shock to people. People thought it was. I mean, I guess 2017 veganism wasn't, you know, in everyone's kind of on everyone's mouths, on everyone's mouths, in everyone's minds like it is now. Um, everywhere you look now, it's plant-based this, vegan that, which is great. It's great for the movement and it's great for, for the cause, and it needed to happen. But in 2017, it was it was still kind of, just kind of starting out. I guess there wasn't there wasn't much hype as there is now. Um, so yeah, people people were very confused, especially people that knew me. Um, and the people that knew me were very confused because, well, I was the last person you'd ever imagine to go vegan. I'm sure I liked animals, but when it came to my dietary habits, they they were the furthest from vegan. I mean, next to being a full-blown carnivore, which uh, is a is something we'll talk about as well. Um, I was pretty pretty much there. I mean, yeah, I ate vegetables and fruit, um, but the mainstay of my diet was meat, fish, eggs, and dairy. Um, and that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today. Um, what you know, I guess my origin story, where I where I came from, how I came to become vegan <laughs> because if because the truth is if i can do it anyone can do it anyone can do it if i can do it so before 2017 let's go way back let's go back to childhood <laughs> uh i won't spend too long and bore you with it but you know I, i'm gujarati so um from I, while i was born in london my parents are from gujarat which is a northwestern part of india 
And Gujarat is a typically mostly vegetarian kind of uh, society as a state. It's a dry state, so alcohol can only be bought there by with a license, and it's uh, primarily vegetarian. That's the that's the main diet of Gujarati. It's things like dal, lentils, rice, uh, vegetables. Um, in fact, the traditional kind of Indian meal for bre- uh, dinner time and lunch usually as well would be something we call dal, bath, shak, rotli, uh, which means dal, lentils, bath, rice, shak, which is usually like a uh, green vegetable or any kind of vegetable which has been kind of fried and plenty of oil and spices, um, and rotli, which is a kind of wheat-based um, flatbread. Some people know them as chapatis or something, but anyway, we call them rotlis. So that was the mainstay of the diet, really. But um, so my parents, my mother's vegetarian um, and quite religious, but she's a what we call I would call a lacto over vegetarian. So she consumes dairy in abundance and uh, the occasional egg product. Whereas my father wasn't religious, or he isn't religious, so he ate whatever he wanted. But growing up, I was raised. It's odd because I was raised vegetarian most of the time but was allowed to eat meat but not beef beef was not on the menu beef was never on the menu because as a hindu household we were told you know you can't eat beef because of how the status of cows in india as a holy animal we'll touch on that later too so i never ate beef in fact i was so against eating beef that when i found out that my father ate beef i cried (laughs) i was a child at the time i was like four or five wasn't last week. Um, it was four or five at the time, and I and I remember crying. I remember really being so upset that I went into the fridge and found the beef item that was in the fridge and threatened to throw it in the bin. And I was crying and crying because I'd been told uh, in all my childhood stories of um, Lord Krishna, one of the kind of uh, prominent Hindu gods, um, and his fondness for cows, and that is why Hindus did not eat beef and. I'd grown up around the kind of picture images of um, Krishna with cows and, you know, I'd always like to go to the uh, temple in Watford and see the cows and so I was, you know, I had affinity for animals, but, you know, I was completely fine eating chickens. But, you know, the, the, the very thought of a cow being killed or eaten really upset me at the time. It's strange, isn't it? Whereas I was happily eating chicken, pig in the form of bacon or pork or whatever. I was a child at the time, so you can't really blame me. I didn't really understand or know what, what was going on. I was just doing what I was told, I guess, and what was normalized at the time, which most of us do. Most of us, most of our diets, most of what we eat, um, and most of our thoughts are built around what we were told as a child. Uh, and yeah, growing up, I thought no different. And it was strange because looking around me, all the all the women in my household and extended family were vegetarians, but the men, the men ate meat. So again, another story develops where, you know, growing up as a young man, you're convinced that it's just normal for men especially to eat meat, you know, because everywhere around you, you look, uh, all your, all your, my uncles or my, you know, my, my father, my brother, everyone, all the men in the family ate meat, but the women are vegetarian. Fast forward to school. I was, I attended a all boys school. Um, and there again, you know, surrounded by other guys, meat was on the menu, that's all we ate. I did briefly 
tried to actually go vegetarian before I went to the school. I think it was uh, sometime at the end of primary school uh, when I was about 10. I tried to go vegetarian um, because my grandmother at the time kept telling me how bad it was to eat meat because it would upset God. Not just eating cows, but also eating other animals would upset God. And me being a child at the time didn't want to upset God. So I said, well, I'll give vegetarianism a try. Still consuming dairy, obviously. Um, I lasted a few months, uh, four or five months. Uh, and what broke me was uh, one of my uncles offering me a, a bacon sandwich. And I caved very easily. Um, but I lasted five months. Anyway, fast forward to when I was in secondary school. Everyone's eating meat, obviously. And this is where... Um, you know, you start seeing people that are into sports, you're, you're playing rugby yourself, uh, playing all these sports, you're, you, you need to build muscle, uh, you need to get strong, so obviously, eat meat. Um, so that meat intake increased, I guess. And by the time I, I left school and started the university, um, that's when I started training in the gym, lifting weights. And, you know, when you, when you get into the gym, when you get into lifting weights, your main goal is to build muscle for whatever reason. For my reason at the time was I was sick of looking like a skinny, scrawny, uh, typical um, Gujarati kid. That's how I saw myself, and I really wanted to pack on heaps of muscle. I wanted to look like a like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> or a smaller version of it. Anyway, um, you know, and what was the, per the prevailing uh, kind of thought at the time was uh, prevailing thought at the time was. Um, you had to eat meat to build muscle because meat is full of protein and uh, the only way you're going to get this protein is if you eat lots of meat um, multiple times a day every day and and somehow you'll you'll just build muscle the training stimulus was important too of course but for some reason i put more thought into the food than the training i'll be honest uh, for the at least for at least for the first couple of years of training how I ate was more important. I became obsessive to the point where sometime in 2011, 2012, I went full paleo. Um, I'm sure some of you have heard of that term. Paleo is a kind of dietary pattern that seeks to describe a, a way of eating that um, excludes all form of kind of processed foods and just focuses on food that would have been around when our caveman ancestors were rocking about, you know, the early humans. What what kind of food would they find? So if you couldn't if you couldn't if you couldn't kill it or uh, um, pluck it from the ground or pluck it from the tree or you know cut it out the ground, you could you couldn't eat it. That that was the theory. So I was eating lots of meat, vegetables, berries, nuts, um, the occasional fruit because I thought at the time I thought fruit was terrible for me because of uh, sugars. But I was eating heaps of uh, red meat and eggs because saturated fats are good for you, right? That's what I thought. Anyway. So I ate like this for a good year and a bit, you know. Um, my digestive system did not thank me for it. In fact, um, at the time, because we, uh, because I and even a couple of friends of mine were eating so much meat, we, we convinced ourselves, or we, we read <laughs> uh, from a prominent kind of uh, sports and fitness uh, guru and a coach actually he he was brilliant in many ways but also quite flawed uh, he convinced he had written an article 
convincing people to buy um, digestive enzymes <laughs> to help you digest the the pounds of steak you're putting away. The, you know the the 200, 300 grams of steak serving you're having. You need digestive enzymes to help you digest that. Um, and I thought that was completely normal. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm eating more meat and I need to digest that meat to get the protein out. Um, we, were, we, were eating, uh, we were eating steak for breakfast. Steak and nuts for breakfast. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine waking up in the morning before university and making steak and, and then getting a handful of nuts. And every day... You try to make it a different, different animal. Didn't matter. It didn't matter to me. I didn't even think about the animal at the time. All I thought about was myself. Thought about myself and the potential muscle I would be gaining by having this meat. So some days it would be cow. Someday it would be a bison. Some days it would be an elk, moose, gazelle, springbok, buffalo, venison. All these different animals. I didn't stop to think once about the animal itself or where it came from. What I knew is I could order it online, it would come to me frozen, I could put it in the freezer, thaw it out before I wanted to eat it, and I could eat it. That was that, that's all I cared about. I mean, I can say I was young at the time, I was in my early 20s, but come on. <laughs> I cannot believe it did not reflect <laughs> on what I was doing at the time. And I, and people around me were kind of, you know, I guess grossed out, but also kind of, um, not grossed out, actually, that's the wrong word. Um, my mother was certainly grossed out, because obviously she was vegetarian. And she couldn't believe what her son was doing. She cursed me every day. But, you know, mothers being mothers think, my child is happy, I'll let him carry on. So she let me carry on. Dad, my father found it hilarious, because he, he eats meat, and for him it was a way to try different things. Great. Um, but yeah, the, the reaction of other people was quite, quite interesting at the time. People, you know, people kind of look at it in wonder almost like, oh my God, like, how can you do that? That's so strange. That's so weird. It was quirky. It was a quirk. You know, I became known as, became quite known to my friends as minimalist guy who eats all these weird meats. Like people would tell their friends about it. Or when introducing me to their friends, they would say, this guy eats all this weird stuff. I don't know why. But it was a thing. Am I painting a picture for you here? Are you imagining <laughs> me doing this kind of stuff? Because looking back, I can't believe I'm the same per I'm the same person. In the sense that I can't believe I did this. Um, yeah. So my, you know, during university, my freezer would be packed full of this stuff. You know, it'd be like three shelves just packed full of all this red meat. Um, you know, because. Again, there was this belief that red meat was superior. It was full of creatine, carnosine, um, omega-3s, you know. Um, and this stuff is going to, you know, it's literally muscle growth fuel. That's what that's what it was, right? Anyway, we get to, um, you know, 
another thing that um at the time as well when i when i was going through this crazy phase uh every christmas christmas was really special to me not just because it was a great time to spend with family which i'm sure most of you agree um and just christmas is a great time for most of us overall um you know especially in the uk we celebrate it really you know we, we really go in it's a bit similar to america um but i really enjoyed christmas because i love food and when i say i love food it was it was the abundance of meat that was going to be on the table and every christmas i would look forward to helping my um my aunt pick out what bird or what birds we were going to be consuming that day you know and i would go there on christmas eve to my aunt's house and wrap the pigs in blankets myself pigs in blankets just think about that term what is it describing sausage meat wrapped in bacon have we ever thought to even think of how sadistic that even sounds what is sausage even made of bits of not just one animal several not just one pig several several pigs ground up into this mush into this paste then wrapped in these cylindrical pieces and i would go there and happily wrap pigs in blankets of other pigs blankets made from other pigs that's what bacon is isn't it it's just thin strips of pig flesh anyway so i would wrap the pigs in blankets and be prepped for the next day i would also stuff the turkey or the chicken we'd be having i remember one christmas we ordered I think it was three birds, kind of one stuffed in the other, stuffed in the other, something like that, something ridiculous. But everyone thought this was normal. Nobody batted an eye. Nobody stopped to think. None of my family did. I mean, the vegetarians kind of just let us get on with it. There were obviously vegetarians at the table who would sit right at the other end with their, uh, you know, um, nut roast and vegetables, obviously, that we would make using oils for them whereas all our vegetables were laden with goose fat mm, healthy anyway so christmas was my favorite time because it allowed me to eat like this like an absolute animal i would i would clean the carcass as it was once you know everyone was done eating and there was just there was some meat left on the chicken or the turkey or something it would be my job to clean it like a hyena Am I painting a picture for you here? Can you imagine me like this? Anyway, let's fast forward to sometime in 2014, 15. Anyway, I knew vegetarians at school. I was good friends with vegetarians. Not at school, sorry, university. I was good friends with vegetarians. And they'd always kind of say, don't you feel bad? And I'd say, no, humans are at the top of the food chain. You know, we are where we are because we can eat meat because we can hunt you know appeal to nature fallacy it's natural for humans to eat meat look at lions <laughs> i can't believe i was that guy that said look at lions look in the mirror do any of us look like lions look at our teeth look at our hands do we have claws do we have sharp canines that can tear meat from the bone can we even eat raw meat without feeling uncontrollably sick anyway that's not the point 
humans can cook meat and eat it just fine. That's not the point. The argument is you shouldn't really compare yourself to a lion. Um, I, I would always, I would often mock vegetarians. I'd mock vegetarians, but vegans, I kind of respected them. I kind of respected vegans because I guess they could do something that I never thought I could. I said, you know, at least vegans say that they don't go anywhere near animal products in any way. So they are, they're being the most ethical. I did think it was an ethical way to live. I could never do it. That'd be silly. Did you not hear what I just said about how I was the carcass cleaner at Christmas and how my freezer was full of exotic red meats? What the hell would I eat for breakfast if I wasn't eating steak and nuts? Oats? You mad? No, no. I had to carry on doing what I was doing. It was the right way to be and I was, you know, I was getting strong. I was putting on muscle. Plus, like, you know, all the guys would go for steak every few weeks, you know, and I didn't want to be left out. I didn't want to be that weirdo that wasn't eating steak. Couldn't even think about not eating steak. Oh, yeah, by the way, I never used to eat beef. I did tell you that, didn't I? But <laughs> some sometime when I was in university, I thought, but I'm eating bison and buffalo and elk and stuff. Why is beef any different? Why is a cow any different? So you can get, so I guess you could say I wasn't very speciesist because speciesist. Um, because it didn't really matter what animal I was eating at that point. It, I didn't care anymore. I didn't care that a cow is considered holy in India, and I completely turned my back on my entire kind of upbringing. Never let my grandma know, though, obviously. Um, and sadly, she won't be able to listen to this podcast either. So, she, so yeah, anyway. So, yeah, mocking, ve mocking vegans and vegetarians is what I was also kind of known for but also respected vegans in a way because it was an ethical way to live but you know it didn't stop me kind of when i'm online and someone's arguing against eating meat didn't stop me chiming in about how natural it was and how healthy it was and how necessary it was and how the paleo diet was you know the best thing around um but obviously i wasn't sticking to strictly paleo come on i was eating things that you know would never been around in the Paleolithic era. Also, it's just not practical living in the world today. Uh, also, it makes no sense. We have no idea what our, exactly what our Paleolithic ancestors ate. But don't let anyone that's, you know, doing the Paleo diet tell you any different. Um, yeah, I think it was sometime around 2015 um, that I thought, I think it no, actually it was the on New Year's Eve 2015, I thought, you know, I need a New Year's resolution. I think in 2016, I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to eat any uh, factory farmed animals. I'm only going to eat free range organic animals. This is, I'm not kidding. This is what I said to myself. I don't think I even told anyone this, but I decided to do that. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to not eat factory farm animals. That means I'm not going to eat from any fast food joints, no McDonald's. No KFC, nothing like that. It's only going to be um, stuff that I've bought from the supermarket myself. I don't know how long that lasted because I remember remember going to Nando's and eating the chicken there. And then someone telling me, you know, Nando's chicken is also from factory farms. And I was like, really? But it's not, it's not fried chicken. It's not fast food. I mean, it's pretty fast food. No, Nando's sources their chickens from the same kind of farms that you know everyone thinks are horrible factory farms but also all farms are horrible 
there's no such thing as kind of a happy life for these animals and you know then they're killed happily it doesn't it doesn't exist so anyway didn't last long but hey my heart was in the right place i wanted to not eat factory farmed animals but it didn't last long once i once i messed up and ate at nando's it was like well i've messed up now but i'm not someone who really eats much fast food anyway um health was kind of on my mind during university quite a bit i mean i was studying medicine and even though nutrition wasn't the kind of um nutrition wasn't taught that well it was still important to me that we ate healthily so obviously i was eating paleo diet because that's what i thought was healthy anyway we get to about 2016 now beginning of 2016 and that's when i started kind of talking to people online you know you, you get into these social groups online and get chatting to people that you've never met before sometimes and there was a vegan person there and i got chatting to her and became kind of friends and i remember one day i you know we, we would debate about veganism and i found myself agreeing with her quite a bit and i remember one day i sent her a picture of my meal i said look look what i just made and i didn't even think about the fact that she was vegan at the point i was just sharing with her what i had made for dinner because i was quite proud of it and it was a steak dinner with vegetables and things and i still remember her reaction she was absolutely mortified and she said don't you don't you effing send me pictures of dead animals on your plate what the hell is wrong with you and i said well, it's just food it's just sorry it's just my dinner and she goes it's not dinner it's it's literally it's literally a dead animal you've just made it look like dinner and i said oh sorry i won't do it again that got me thinking a bit a little bit about not sending her any more of my meals but yeah i guess that was the first time someone had so angrily put it in words like that to me um not once i mean not really before that had anyone done that anyway fast forward a few more months and i remember now um one of my friends for his birthday wanted to go greyhound racing it was towards towards the last third of the 2016 sometime in october maybe or something like that and he was going to go they were going to go greyhound racing so he'd invited all the, all the guys and i said i don't know i don't know how i feel about that I'm, well i do know how i feel about that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna come guys you guys go ahead you probably shouldn't go but i'm not gonna go okay and he said why i said just i don't really agree with greyhound racing like ethically it just seems a bit weird like you know these animals are really put in really horrible conditions and then some of them are put down and things like that i wonder what i would have said if he said we're going horse racing would i have said the same thing i don't know at the time don't know now i would obviously say no to both anyway i said no and i remember then being at dinner and i think it got brought up again saying oh minnell's not coming to the greyhound racing and a few people that didn't know why i asked why and i remember one of my friends just looking at me and going oh ethics and he rolled his eyes and his girlfriend at the time then said to me but don't you eat meat and i said yeah i eat meat so she's like well, isn't that a bit hypocritical you're talking about ethics but you eat meat and i said wow you got me there i guess i'm a hypocrite i was not ready for that so that got me thinking as well am i a hypocrite and i guess i guess i am but i don't really didn't, didn't really like being a, hypoc a hypocrite you know but that still wasn't enough to make me uh give up eating the way i was eating just come on you've heard the story it's not gonna happen the way i'm eating 
How can someone like that go vegan? <laughs> and then I met someone else um, sometime in the end of 2017. Got talking to them as well. A woman uh, who lived abroad in in Denmark. And then we began kind of a long-distance relationship. And she was a vegan. So I was now dating a vegan. And she was clever because she wasn't very pushy about it. She... Um, she kind of made it known how she felt, but she never really forced me or told me that I should change. And I remember asking her why that was, and she just said she didn't need to. <laughs> she she could see that I was intelligent enough to, you know, there was something in there. It wasn't I wasn't a, I wasn't a lost cause, as it were, which is strange because from what I've told you and how I've been eating um, from when I was. A teenager up until 2017 you'd think I was definitely a lost cause um so yeah and sometime in 2017 it was June I think end of June 2017 she said hey um I was in Denmark at the time she was like hey um I want to go to a an animal sanctuary and just volunteer for the day and I said oh that sounds amazing let's go I love animals I would love to come volunteer and like pet them and see them and feed them and stuff. I would love to do that. So we went. We went to this animal sanctuary. It's called um, Fields of Freedom. It's a great name. Great name. It's run by an English guy who um, ended up going to Denmark and just rescuing a bunch of animals and runs purely on donation and volunteers. Um, and he and and yeah, he's got this uh, patch of land and then he's kind of. It's grown since then because he's kind of ended up rescuing more and more animals. So we went there, met the guy, and uh, he's really nice. And he said, "Yeah, you, you know, guys, these uh, the, the pigs need um, their bedding put in, and then you can help feed them." And the you know, and we we're like, "Yeah, sure." We we're so excited to be there. So we're helping out and stuff, and I'm just looking around. Like we'd bought like a bag of carrots to feed the sheep and the cows and stuff, and some other kind of fruits like apples and things. And I'm looking around, I'm just seeing all these animals completely free. Completely free. They're just, you know, doing their own thing. And it, it hits me. That these animals have been kind of rescued from people like me. People who seek to do them harm. People who seek to eat them. It just made no sense. Like, how could I contribute to that? Um, and then be here kind of looking at how f free they are, how how much they kind of just enjoy, seem to be just enjoying being alive. You know, pigs and cows and sheep. There was a bunch of chickens, ducks, geese, um, turkeys, loads of donkeys as well, because um, donkeys are kind of used as ent for entertainment purposes, mainly in Denmark, and then, you know, get cast aside and get put down. But he'd rescued a bunch of them. Anyway, so when I left Denmark in, in the end of June and uh, came back home, I was just thinking, like, man, have I been doing this wrong this whole time? Like, am I, you know, do I, should I go, should I go vegan? Should I, should I cut down, should I cut down my meat intake? Should I cut down my meat intake? So I'm just having it a few, a few times a week or a few times a month. Yeah, that would be my, that would be like a sustainable way to do it. Yeah, I'll cut down my meat intake. Maybe then I'll go pescatarian. Maybe then I'll eat just fish, you know. 
Um, and then who knows? I'll go vegetarian. Um, nah, probably won't go vegetarian because dairy is probably just as bad. Um, yeah, I'll go pescatarian and I'll and I'll try and cut out dairy. I'll do I'll do it like that. So I kind of made this plan to sort of kind of slow it down and go, you know, maybe go vegan. I did, still couldn't say it, that I will do it, you know, because I could never go vegan. Then July 7th and the evening of July 7th, 2017, my girlfriend at the time sends me a link to a video to YouTube and says, you two, you need to watch this video. And I said, is it a link to like Cowspiracy or something? I don't want to watch it like. I've heard that really makes people go vegan. I don't want to watch something that's going to just make me go vegan. She goes, no, no, it's it's a it's a it's a lecture by by this guy in America, and it's just you just just watch the lecture, see if you agree with the things he says. Um, I said, fine, I'll do it for you. I guess I'll watch this lecture, and she goes, okay, cool, cool. But um, about halfway, he's going to show you like really horrible clips of of animals being like you know hurt and stuff. Don't watch that because I don't want you to change your mind based on your emotions. I don't want you to kind of, I don't want to, like, trick you into changing your mind, which is really nice of her to say, because, you know, it wasn't tricking me, it was showing me the reality of things, but she said, I don't want you to change your mind based on that, I want you to just listen to what he says, so she was, she was trying not to kind of shock me into it, she was trying to basically appeal to my logic and reason, rather than shock and emotion, which is pretty, pretty cool of her, I'd say, but me being me, I was like, I'm going to watch the whole bloody thing. <laughs> I just want to tell her I'm going to watch the whole bloody thing. So I started watching it. And it's a, uh, many of you might have seen it. It's a video by Gary Yurofsky. It's called The Greatest Speech You'll Ever Hear. It's on YouTube and it's free and it's got millions of views. Millions. So I started watching it and I'm like, wow, this guy's really passionate. you know? And he is. Gary Yurofsky is a very passionate animal activist. I'm listening to him. I'm agreeing with some of the stuff he says. Some of it, I'm like, really? When he's when he's saying that humans are definitely herbivores, I don't know. I think, I think we're omnivores that do well as herbivores, um, but we probably were omnivores in our history. That's not the point. The rest of the stuff he's saying is making sense to me. And then he says, "I'm just going to show you footage of um, of how we treat animals, something like that." Anyway, and the footage starts playing with this sad music in the background. And I watch it, and it's, I don't know, some, sometime near midnight. Something like, I'm watching it in bed. And I'm watching as these farmers are hitting cows, or kicking them, or, you know, not even that, just the conditions that the, these animals are living in, like these chickens and the pigs. Cows being led down narrow kind of metal walkways to their, to their deaths. Um... Pigs being kind of crammed in tight spaces. Sheep thrashing and kicking, trying to get out of where they are. Chickens on like a conveyor belt, just their throats being slit one after the other. It's horrible stuff, you know. And I just start crying. I start bawling like a baby. I just start crying. And I'm just like, wow. All this emotion is pouring out of me. And something in me just snaps and goes... That's it. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I can't... I can't know that this happens and then pay for it myself. So I remember I messaged her as soon as that section of the video was done. I just paused it for a bit and I kind of sat there breathing heavily trying to calm myself down. 
Then I messaged her and I said, well, you've done it. You've done it, you know. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, I'm going to be vegan. <laughs> she couldn't believe it. I think she cried at that, at that response. At that response, sorry. She couldn't believe it. That, that, I, that I made that decision off this video. Um, so yeah, the next day I, I had to like, I could, yeah, I never ate meat again after that. I think I had, um, I think I had to finish my, uh, whey protein that I had because no one else in the house would eat it, consume it. And I didn't want to, there was like not enough to give to someone else and say, here, finish this. There's a couple of few scoops left. So I finished that. And then it was about trying to find vegan protein, I guess. Um, but yeah. That was it. That was, I guess, that was my, uh, that was the story of how I went vegan. And I was not ready for what came after that, but we'll talk about that another time. I kind of just wanted you to get a quick idea. I say quick. This has been about half an hour, hasn't it? Of kind of my journey leading up to that moment. Um, as you can see, I, I, I was the last person on earth that you'd ever think would have gone vegan. And that just tells me that anyone is capable of going vegan. Especially in the Western world. I say anyone, but the caveat I will add is, you know, you have to be living where it's possible. And I understand that. I don't expect people that haven't got access to things, you know, especially in food deserts or in places like, uh, you know, remote, remote Alaska or even kind of living in, you know, I don't expect the Hadza tribe or the Maasai, in the Maasai um, warriors to go vegan. They're just, you know, or even people living in abject poverty on coastal towns. I don't expect them to go vegan. It's, that's not what we're talking about. That's not what veganism is about. You know, it's about what is, it's about kind of doing what is practical and practicable, you know, um, and that's, you know, people living in the UK, people living in Australia, people living in the USA, people living in Europe, in areas where they have access to things that can allow them to go vegan, they should definitely, definitely try and minimise animal suffering as much as they can, which is all veganism is about. It's about minimising animal suffering. And if someone like me, who, you know, was eating steak for breakfast, filling his freezer full of red meat, Basically being a carnivore, <laughs> cleaning carcasses at Christmas, doing the things I did. If someone like that can go vegan, I'm sure anyone can. How? Well, we'll talk about that next time.